Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. What a great day it is to be in the house of God, in the presence of God. God, yeah, over the next three weeks, we're going to go through a series. And I really believe that over these three weeks, God is just wanting to do some things in people's hearts. And even today, even at the end of the service, I really believe God is just wanting to shift hearts, shift minds, shift our thinking, shift our believing, shift our faith. Uh, who's ready for that in your life? Just a little bit. I trust you are. I trust you are. Uh, do you ever wake up in the morning, and, and I feel like it's easier to do this recently, just saying, what the heck is going on in this world? Do you ever wake up like that? Your news feed uh, on, on your phone, uh, your, your news feed in, in the different social media, just is just a, a moment to wake up and go, what is happening in this world? What is happening with, with the situations that we're facing? What is going on around us? There's wars you know, there's, there's challenges in society financially right now. Uh, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who, who uh, is an, an investor uh, in, in New York. And he was just talking to me about the trillions of dollars just disappeared in the last month out of the world. They're gone. They don't exist anymore. Uh, as, you know, stock market has just lost so much. And, you know, the people that invested in cryptocurrency... Trillions of dollars just disappear. We live in a crazy day where you just ask the question, what is going on in the world that we live in right now? Uh, just, just the other day, I was, I was having dinner uh, with a guy who I've been sharing faith with over the last couple of months. And, you know, I, I was just around. I said, hey, man, let's catch up. Let's have dinner. Let's chat. You know, he's not a Christian guy in any way. He's, he's quite away from God. In fact, the first time I met this guy, uh, we're actually, he's a Brazilian guy. We're chatting about... Uh, the Brazilian surfers at the moment, they're doing really good. And I was just saying, oh, they're doing incredible. You know, he made a statement. He said this to me. He's like, they, they probably just thank God after every time they win. And do that. you know what they do? That's incredible. He's like, yeah, in Brazil, everyone's a Catholic. Everyone's a Christian. And, you know, there's so many losers over there. I'm like, oh, I'm a Christian. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But there's these weird ones, you know. There's, there's really weird ones that are, that are like, they're, they're spirit-filled. I'm like, I'm spirit-filled. He's like, oh, no. You know those really weird ones that in church, they sing loud and clap and they lift their hands. I sing loud and clap and I lift my hands all the time. No, no, the ones that give money. I give money all the time. And he's like, oh, no, the ones that are in areas where, you know, people aren't very wealthy and they say they're trying to help. The I'm like, mate, that is our church. You're talking about me. We're here changing our community, mate. So this guy went from that to, you know, I was spending time to share in Christ with him. And, and we're out having dinner. And as we're chatting, we're just talking about life. And I mean, talking about his life and what's going on. And obviously going through a lot, grown up in Brazil, grown up with nothing, grown up in challenge. Uh, you know, he's got very colourful language. He's, he's one of those guys that if he came into church, he probably wouldn't use the right church language. You know what I'm saying? We're having dinner. And, uh, and when he's just talking about the issues and and we got to the end of dinner, we're walking to the car and he, and he asked me a bunch of questions about my faith and about you know, why it is I believe and why it is that I, you know, that I really feel like God can change the world. And he's like, what do we do with this 
I can't use the word he used, this messed up world that we're living in today. What is the answer for this? You know, I said history shows us clearly the answer is a revival of the Spirit of God. The answer is the world will continue to be messed up until God moves so powerfully that He transforms the world and utterly changes it. We see it over the last 2,000 years time. And again, it is the move of God that continues to happen. You know, he made a statement and I thought it was quite profound. He said, but you're just one person. What can you do? I said, hey, listen, I, I, I go to a church that's filled with one people just like me that have the same faith, the same expectation, same belief that we're here to change the world. And Jesus Christ is the answer and the hope for humanity. I continually just added that to him as we drove back and I dropped him off and, and, and we're talking that through. And, and I even said to him, listen, God has a purpose for you. God has a future for me. God has a purpose for you. And this is the reality of what God has for us right here today. I believe this with my whole heart, that God has a future for me. He has a future for you that is to be changing the world for Jesus Christ. I don't believe that any of us were just born. I don't believe that any of us are just going through life. Listen, our community can just go through life and have no purpose and have no future. But God never created one of them for that. God created us to have a future, to have purpose, to have a reason to exist. Listen, over the last months, we've been talking about seed. We've been talking about the seed for our lives. And, and we used a passage of Scripture a little while ago and it said, while the earth remains, there is seed time and there is harvest. And as I've been praying and thinking over these last weeks, I've been thinking about that seed in the light of the future that God has for the humanity. And I felt like God impressed a statement on me that I want to continually speak about over the coming weeks. It was the statement of this, that seed equals future. Listen, your seed equals the future that God has for you and that God has for your life in the future. As I spoke to this man, this man that has a zero understanding of seed, I talked to him as a man that has no kids, as a man that has no value on kids, he has no value on family, a man very similar age to me, no value on any of those things, no understanding what it means to sow into anybody else's life, a man that lives totally and utterly selfishly in his own life with no understanding of seed, has therefore no understanding of future. I begin to speak into his future. I begin to prophesy into him something that he's never heard before, that there is a God in heaven and earth that has built a future for you. And I want to speak it into our lives today. I want to speak it into our community. And I want to prophesy it in such a powerful way. I heard a quote during the week and it said this, a seed has a future no matter how deep you bury it. I think of that man. There was a seed planted in his life of future as a young man. And it was buried deep in poverty. It was buried deep in brokenness. It was buried deep in hurt. But let me be really clear today, no matter how deep the seeds are buried in our community, God has a future for every one of those seeds. He is breathing upon them today. He's breathing life back into our community. He's breathing life back into our suburb. He's breathing life back into the western suburbs of Brisbane. Seed equals future. 
No matter how ugly your life may have been here today, no matter how ugly your past may have been, no matter how ugly your today may be, God wants to breathe seed and breathe life into the future that's ahead of you. No matter, no matter how ugly the, the past has been for our community, the past has been for the people around us, God wants to breathe life into the future of those around us. I read another statement that said this, when life hands you dirt, plant seeds. Anyone feel like that the world around us right now is very ripe dirt? It has got manure filled in it completely and continually. Listen, why are we able to bring life to the seeds that are planted in the dirt and the mess of the world around us? It's because we have a great Saviour, Jesus Christ, that has breathed into our yesterday, that has breathed right now into our today that has breathed into your mistakes, that has breathed into your disappointments, that has breathed into your failures, that has breathed into the moments you feel like you've done things so ugly, so terribly that God could never restore them. But the beauty of the Gospel is this, that Jesus Christ is the restorer of every past, is the one that breathes upon every seed, brings life again to it, brings life again to our lives. In fact, in in 1 Peter, he wrote this in verse 22 and 23 of chapter 1. He said, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with, with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, not of the seed of the flesh, not of the seed of your past, but being born again through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever, not of corruptible seed, but the incorruptible seed. Listen, I'm standing here telling you today, it's not the incorruptible, it's not the messed up corruptible seed of our past that speaks to us. It's the incorruptible seed of the cross that gives every one of us in this room a future. Listen, you may stand here walking with God for a long period of time. You may feel like your life is pretty awesome. That's great. You may feel like your life has been a mess for a long period of time. No matter what, the incorruptible seed that comes through the cross, that comes through the sanctifying power of Jesus Christ, speaks to every future in this room, speaks to our lives and said, I have new seed for you. I have new seed for your future. And Jesus has planted seed into our lives. I look across this room. In this room is powerful seed. This room is filled with future. Look across this room, there's some dusty old tradesmen in the room and there's beautiful seed in you. There's some medical personnel that have studied hard to learn and, and treat people Wonderfully, there's great seed in your life. There's universally lecturers in this room. There's greyhound trainers in this room. There's managers in this room. There's businessmen and women in this room. There's even some powerhouse homemakers in this room. Great seed because there's great future. The future of our nation is wrapped up with the men and women that are in this room. Again, it's not the seed of our, incorruptible, of our corruptible past, but the incorruptible seed of Jesus Christ that breathes today into our future. Jeremiah wrote in Jeremiah 29, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of future. Thoughts of the seed that are planted for your future. Thoughts of future and hope and the goodness of God for our lives. 
Listen, this is one of my favourite scriptures for a reason. When Jeremiah prophesied this to the children of Israel, he prophesied to them whilst they were in Babylon, whilst they were in mess, whilst they're at the lowest point of their nation, whilst they were taken away out of the promised land, back into the messed up brokenness of the world around it. In they're in the place. Babylon was the centre of brokenness, the centre of mess. Yet he still prophesies to them, the seed for your future is still great. Our senior pastor made a statement. He said, we are walking in the season of Babylon. The place where now we are in a post-Christian age in this nation of Australia, where Babylon tries to integrate itself into even our Christian belief systems where even our schools can't maintain Christian ethos without persecution. Whereas a church, we've been reported to the, uh, what do we call the thing, the UN Human Rights Commission. Human Rights Commission as a church because of our Christian ethos. We live in a post Christian generation that looks very similar to Babylon right now. And the reality of this is, unless the seed of God is breathing into our life, we will continue to be challenged. But there is a seed of the goodness of God that's breathed into His church to speak life into our future, to speak life into who we are. I love the fact that here Jeremiah prophesies to a children of God, in the midst of Babylon, in the midst of a wicked, evil generation and says God's vision for your future is a great vision of peace and a vision of future and hope. It's thoughts of peace towards you. I love the truth that's here in this. And let me just say to you today, it's speaking to our lives right now. There's seed, God-given seed planted on the inside of us. I love this statement. It says this, Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds you plant. Seed equals your future. Your seed, my seed, the seed of our lives that have been planted by God speak to our future. Your future and my future is continually attached to the seeds of our today. Listen, It's attached to the seeds of our families. Why has a high court decision in America shaken the world? Because God knows the seed is wrapped up in our families. The enemy knows the seed is wrapped up in the families and the enemy for a generation has been robbing seed, robbing seed, robbing seed, robbing seed, robbing seed, robbing seed. A high court judgment right now speaks to seed. The devil wants to steal seed. Wants to steal seed. Look across this room. There's parents and grandparents in this room that are representative of seed. Your legacy is the seed of your children, of your grandchildren. This is a beautiful picture of seed. I look across the room and I see young men and women, the great picture of the seed that's here in this house. Men and women of faith, men and women of God, I wanna speak to you today, young men and women, to the reality that your future is wrapped up in the prayers of your parents as they've prayed for their seed. 
I know my life, my dad reminds me of it often, is wrapped up in his prayers and my grandparents' prayers. I had two praying grandmothers that spent hours on their knees praying for the seed that was me. The seed that we plant today is in our families, in our children. It's a very powerful, important part of who we are. Listen, it's why we invest, as Pastor Lydia said, in our kids' church. It's why we want our kids to be enjoying the house of God, to be learning about the kingdom of God within great fun and enjoyment in the house of God. We want our kids not wanting to go home. They want to stay here in the house of God because they're having so much fun. Listen, our seed is in our giving. We've spoken of that over the last month, the power of our giving and the reality of that is attached to our future and what that means for our lives. And it's such an important thing. But our seed is also attached to our decisions. Listen, the decision making you have in your life today is attached to your future and your seed is planted in that. Our seeds are attached to our actions. Don't we hate it sometimes when our actions of yesterday give us the life of today? Our actions of investment, our actions of speaking in our marriage, our actions of how we've spoken to our children, what's happened around their lives. Listen, the seeds of your thoughts are speaking into the future of your life. Our seeds. Don't judge our future by what we reap today, but by what we're sowing to tomorrow. Seed equals future. When God breathes into our seeds, it's so powerfully important. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but all your ways. Acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Listen, if you're acknowledging Jesus in your seed, in the seed of your thoughts, your actions, in the seed of your giving, in the seed that's your family, if you're acknowledging Him, trusting Him, holding on to Him for your seed, believing for your seed, we're going to talk about that over the coming weeks. How do we believe for our seed? How do we hold on and pray for our seed? How do we make sure we build that seed around our lives? Because that's so vital and so important. Another great statement. Any seed that is planted by God bears fruit even before it touches the ground. Even before it touches the ground. Listen, it was an encounter with God that stirred new seed in my life at the age of 19 that stirred me back to the call of God that's over my life and for who I am even outworking that today. It was the age of 19. And let me just say to you, find the seeds in your life that God wants you to plant. I want to prophesy that into our church. What are the seeds that God wants us to cultivate and to, to plant into our lives and to plant into our futures? God-directed seed is God-directed future. God-directed seed brings us God-directed future in our lives. There's a great danger to sowing to a future that's not central to having God in your seed. James chapter 4, he's speaking to great men and women of faith and he's encouraging them. He says this, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, we'll spend a year there, buy, sell and make profit. Listen, I, I, I sat and talked to this guy that I've been engaging with faith. He, he has an understanding of wealth. I, I 
we'll go and pick him up from his significantly large house with a significant understanding of wealth and a picture of what his future life looks like when it comes to finance, but has no understanding of what his future life looks like in a God perspective that has a bigger picture than just him living today. No understanding that something can be bigger than just having wealth. For him, he will tell you how to invest money, how to make money, how to have money. He will tell you how to do that. But a no understanding in his life whatsoever of seed for future. It's very dangerous just to have a picture of wealth. Listen, sometimes we can feel like we come with corruptible thinking when it comes to seed that it just has a picture of wealth or has a picture of looking after our kids or just have a picture of looking after our future. Pictures of those things are great, but they must be centrified on the picture of God breathing into our future. Here James says, hey, if we look and say today, tomorrow, we look at all of the future aspects, but God's not central to that. So dangerous. He goes on and says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is, it is even a vapour that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Does anyone feel like that scripture could never be more real than today? Again, stock market, trillions of dollars from our world gone. That no longer exist in the world we're in. It was here three weeks ago, but it's gone today. Crypto millionaires that are now crypto on public help. Gone, gone. There's never been more time that things are here today and gone tomorrow. Peace looked secure in Europe, but now warfare looks like it could envelop Europe for the first time since World War II. We live in an uncertain age and James speaks to it. He says, your life is but a vapour. You know that statement there is a statement that he's taken from earlier passages in the Word of God. James has borrowed it from the book of Job first and foremost. When Job said this, life is but just a breath, just a vapour. James would have well known the book of Job. First spoke out, life is but a vapour. We see that same thing repeated in the book of Ecclesiastes. We read it in the English, it says vanity of vanities. But when it was written, life is just a breath of breaths. It's a breath here, a breath there. It's a vapour here, it's gone tomorrow. We interpret it as vanity of vanities. Life comes, life goes. The writer of Ecclesiastes summed up what Job had already put so clearly. And now James comes and repeats it. He says, life is just a vapour. It appears for a little time. Listen, I don't want you to come into this room going, oh, I've just got a little bit. Listen, I want you to remember that seed, when God's seed is in the middle of this, the vapour of my life and yours has a powerful impact on the future that's ahead for me and for our seed. Because James goes on and says, instead you ought to say, Lord, if it's your will, if you're breathing into my seed, if you're breathing into my future, 
Lord, if it's your will, we shall live, we shall do this and that. But now you boast in your arrogance, it's all so evil. He says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it's sin. Listen, that is a crazy piece of Scripture. We hate it when the Bible tells us what we do something that it's sin, right? We hate it. It's, it's unpopular in this day and age. It's unpopular in the world. But listen, it's just as unpopular in the church. It's just as unpopular when we're hearing James. He, listen, he's not writing to filthy heathens. He's writing to Hebrew Christians that have been followers of Christ. And he's saying, listen, if you're not following after what God has asked you to do, it's sinful for your life. Uh, I think back to when I was a young man. I, I grew up always with a gift of leadership in my life. If you'd ask my brother-in-law, which you're not supposed to do, but if you ask him what I was like at a young age, he would tell you, I always had a gift of leadership. Some days I wasn't quite leading people towards Christ really well. In fact, he will tell you some days I was leading people the opposite direction. If you ask Vinnie, she would also tell you the same. I would say Vinnie doesn't remember. She's too old to remember. But if you ask her, she might remember little bits and pieces. Listen, one of the statements I continued to make through that period of time in my life was I will never be a pastor. I will never serve God. And I ran from it and I ran from it and I ran from it. Now listen, I'm not prophesying you're all pastors in this room, but I'm prophesying there is a seed for future that is God breathed to every life in this room. And the reality of our lives is connecting ourselves with the seed of God's future into our lives. I connected it. I found it at 19 when I encountered Jesus Christ. He breathed on it into my early 20s. And through that, it, here I am standing before you preaching Jesus Christ and the reality of your future wrapped up in that because my future was wrapped up in finding that. Now I look and speak again to businessmen and women. I look and, and speak again to, to tradespeople across this room, finding the seed of God. You can serve your own life in amongst that or you can let the seed of God's future breathe into everything you put your hand to. And James says there's a vast difference. James says the reality, our lives are vapours, but when we connect our seed to what God is doing, something powerful happens. Listen, if I turn my back on the call of God in my life, it's definitely and clearly sin to who I'm called to be. It's allowing the breath of God come and to speak into our life. Again, Ecclesiastes, we spoke about it before, the same statement the writer says here. But we get to chapter 11 and in verse Four to six, he says this, He who observes the wind will not sow, but he who regards the clouds will also not reap. Now, again, I feel like this is a picture of our time. If, if you look today at should I give right now? Should I? I remember Pastor Wendy and I, when we talked about having kids in uncertain times, one of our big statements, I remember Wendy saying, Sometimes I'm afraid to have kids today because of the world they're going to grow up in. If you observe, he says here in Ecclesiastes, if you observe the wind and observe the situations we're in, our seed becomes scary and fear-filled. If you observe the wind right now, you may say it's not a good time to start a business. But God could be speaking to you about starting a business. 
if you observe the wind right now, you may say, oh, I'm not sure I really want to start a family. But God's speaking to you, husband or wife, about starting a family. Listen, you observe the wind right now. You may say, hey, I don't know if I can sow into the kingdom of God right now because of the uncircum, the un, un, uncertain circumstances of my situation. I'm not sure I can sow. He says, if you observe the situations, you may not allow your seed to speak to your future. And, and this morning, I want to talk to that because the reality of what we're seeing right here is a reality that sometimes fear comes and it tries to speak to our seed, which equals our future. It tries to speak to our lives, the reality of what that looks like and anxiety come in the place of seed. Fear comes in the place of seed. Worry comes in the place of seed. Disappointment comes in the place of seed. And listen, we plant those seeds and our future is really scary. If you live off the seed of disappointment right now, of your past, your future is always going to be ugly. If you live off the seed of worry, your future is going to be very worry-filled. In fact, you will be paralyzed. You know, seed doesn't grow unless it's planted. Your future never grows unless it's planted. I've watched people live paralyzed lives. And, and if I see anything in the western suburbs of Brisbane, it's paralyzed lives. I've seen 50-year-old men living in the homes of their mums because they're paralyzed, still unable to work, still unable to move forward, paralyzed in a 15-year-old mindset of, of crazy living and addiction and brokenness, paralyzed out of worry, fear and anxiety. We, we live in a region that sees that paralysis so clearly. But I know and I'm clear and I understand that God wants seed planted in the ground. The seed of your life, the seed of your family, the seed of your thinking, the seed of your attitude, the seed of your believing. Verse 5, the writer says this, As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how bones grow in the womb of her is with child. So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. So in the morning, sow your seed. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Listen, the writer of Ecclesiastes comes from a whole different angle. He comes from an angle of faith in a time that's worrisome. He comes from an angle of faith in times that is fear-filled. He comes from an angle of faith in a time that we could just be asking question after question and not stepping forward in our life. And I want to speak to that today. We live in a time that could easily cause worry, anxiety and fear. And listen, I, I know as I was praying this week, there are people in this room that God just needs to do a work in that area of your life here today. Because the writer here brings us back to a point of faith because we come back to what God does. In a season like today, our seed speaks to our future. Our seed of faith, 
our seat of expectation, our seat of stepping, even when we feel like fear wants us not to step, our, our, our season of faith that says, listen, we're going to still sow seed. We're going to still believe. We're still going to stand on what God has done. Even when things are scary, even when times are scary, even when situations are scary, even when moments around us right now are speaking out saying, listen, the future is worrisome. The future is no good. We are called to continually so and so and so again. I love this statement. A seed rises the day it realizes it's born for more than just to be grain. Listen, I want to speak to the seeds that God has in this room, the seeds of you and I. God created us for more than just to be grain in God's hand. He created us to be planted in the ground, to grow and to enlarge through our kids, through our own lives, through our finances, through our thinking and believing, through the actions of our life, through everything that God has called us to be. He's called us to be seed planted in the ground, to grow into future, to enlarge into all that God has for us. We could observe the wind. We could observe the situations that we face right now. We could observe the challenges that we see around us tomorrow. We could observe the challenges that we've seen around us yesterday. We could observe the health situation that we're in right now. We could observe the family situation that we're seeing right now. We could observe all of those things and not be the seed that God has that needs to be planted in the ground, needs to be enlarged, needs to be breathed upon and needs to be all that God has created it to be because we're called to be seed. Called to be seed. Come on, let's pray today. Holy Spirit of God, we thank you that seed equals future. Seed equals something more than just surviving, just getting through the day. God, all of us have moments in time where we're tempted to just survive, tempted just to get through, tempted just to struggle our way into tomorrow. But God, you've called us for more than just survival more than just getting through, more than just getting by. You called us to be seed, called us to live future, called us to be enlarged and to grow and to be more than just what we are today. God, I want to prophesy to that right now. I want to prophesy to the seed right across this room. I want to speak to that seed. I want to speak into it right now in Jesus' Name. God, where seed has been trapped in worry and fear and anxiety. God, I want to speak to it right now that you want to release that today and stir life and fresh faith over seed. Maybe some of, it, some of us here right now struggle to let God breathe over that. Right now in Jesus' Name, that you breathe. That you breathe. As I was preparing this week, I felt God speak that there were people here this morning, anxiety.
anxiety. If you're like that this morning, just stand to your feet. You feel like there's worry, there's situations. Quickly today, there's a freedom here. Yep, quickly stand, quickly stand. Quickly stand. Stand to your feet. There's a freedom here for that area of your life. Thank you, Jesus. Sense there's a few others. Quickly, 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 stand to your feet. Part of standing is just saying, God, I need this. need this area of broken off my life. Many of those different areas that I mentioned. Holy Spirit of God, there's an anointing here right now. If you're standing at your feet, just lift your hands here in this moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for your anointing here right now. Your anointing to break the yokes off people's lives. Yokes of anxiety and fear. Yokes of worry. I sense some of you, this is just new. This is just new. And others of you, it's been long term. Right now, Holy Spirit of God is here in this house. Here in this house. God, I thank you now. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you. Breaking those yokes. You're breaking those yokes in Jesus' name. Thank you, Spirit of God. Breaking the yokes of fear, the yokes of bondage right now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank You for it. I thank You there's freedom here in this house. There's freedom here in this house. There's freedom here in the Name of Jesus. Where that fear has existed, where that fear has been there, where that fear has been there. Right now in the mighty Name of Jesus, we welcome You, Jesus. We welcome You, Holy Spirit. We welcome You as You break off yokes in Jesus' Name. Holy Spirit of God, breaking off yokes in Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name, the future's been breathed upon. Future's been breathed upon. Future's been breathed again. Future's been breathed again. Future's been breathed again. Future's been breathed again. Thank You, my God. Thank You, my God. Thank You right now, Jesus. Thank You right now, Jesus. Thank You right now. The words that are spoken to bring fear have been broken off, been broken off, been broken off, been broken off right now, right now, right now. We thank You, my God. We thank You, my Jesus. We thank You, my Jesus. New breath, new breath of seed, new breath of seed, new breath of seed, new breath of seed in Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name. We thank You, my God. We thank You, my Jesus. New breath of seed today. Oh, we thank You, my God. We worship You today. We worship You today. We worship You today. We worship you today. Come on, church, let's worship our King. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.